Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Ben Standig here talking to you guys one day after the Wizards knocked off the New York Knicks, won their third game in a row. They are back in action on Friday night against the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that is not exactly killing it this year, a team the Wizards already defeated, although that was a less than inspiring win for the Wizards last month at home, but now they're in Memphis before they return home on Saturday to face the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the evolution of the Wizards' front court slash three-point shooting over the last few years uh, as it sort of uh, correlates to sort of where the NBA game is taken. We've got some audio here from Scott Brooks and old friend Nene about that here on the Lockdown Wizards podcast. Of course, you can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or anywhere else you do your podcasting. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at Ben Standig or email me if you've got some thoughts on this team, ideas, comments about the podcast, whatever it is, bstandig1 at gmail.com. And let me also just quickly say, I have mentioned here before, I'm doing now a uh, college basketball podcast called Basketball in the DMV. I'm doing it through Patreon.com, which means there's a little bit of a charge there per month if you want to get immediate access. I I mention it here, one, to mention it. I know there's a lot of college basketball fans here. But also because I did a DC Sports Year in Review with our friend Dan Steinberg from the Washington Post. We talked about all the teams in town. Wizards, Redskins, Caps, Nats, Georgetown, uh, some uh, some other things. Uh, John Wall certainly got to mention. And part one is up right now, up on basketball, uh, up on Patreon.com forward slash Ben Standig, where the basketball and the DMV podcast live. So check that out if you're a DC sports fan. A fun conversation, lots of uh, lots of good stuff. Part two will be coming up shortly as well. All right, so. The Wizards, so we, we these last few games for the Wizards uh, have, have have been a good opportunity to remind us kind of the evolution of the NBA game in recent years, where it's gone, and also a reminder of where it 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 once it once was. In these last three games, the Wizards have gone up against a Houston Rockets team, and and partly because of injuries. But Houston, for that game, right off the bat, they started a small ball lineup with Ryan Anderson at their five man, uh, and they're you know they're leading the league in three pointers attempted and putting up an insane amount of of shots uh, from distance per per game. Then you had on New Year's Eve or New Year's Eve Day. Against the Chicago Bulls, you have 6'10", Nikola Mirotic, 7-foot Lori Markinen, just jacking up threes from distance. You know, I'm old enough to remember when 7-footers, 6'10", guys, that's not what they did. Uh, they were more like the Wizards team that we saw here a few years ago. When you had Nene and Martin Gortat, two old-school bigs, you know, banging inside, you know, more half-court offense, uh, more about rebounding and defense not about spreading the court. The game has certainly changed a lot, but it was a little bit of a throwback on some level in last night's game against the Knicks, not just because Martin Gortat scored 21 points a season high, 
But you did have Gortat against Enos Cantor, another player who's certainly much more of the classic old-school style, at least offensively, of a big man. Cantor, one of the league leaders in rebounding. He's a very good offensive rebounder and low-post scorer. Not a guy you're going to take outside. But at the same point, the Knicks also have Kristaps Porzingis, who uh, there's a reason why they call him the unicorn. He's a seven foot three big who's incredibly mobile, who can do all kinds of things that you just could not even have comprehended. Uh, 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 you can't comprehend the player of his size can do, but also the the type of player he is. It's just so funny to see a player of that size now taking the types of shots that they take. Not the Porzingis, you know, I wouldn't say he's like he's not Durant, you know, jacking up threes constantly. But he's certainly willing to go outside. I'm not even talking about his ball handling or his agility, but just simply the, the willingness to shoot from three. That's just not where this game was. Not even that long ago, but certainly not when I was a younger man, and certainly not when Scott Brooks played the game. Before the Wizards faced the Knicks, I asked Scott Brooks at Wizards practice the, the day before, so I guess this would have been on Tuesday, what is it, what is what is he, the former player, how does he see this evolution? What does he think of this evolution as a former player? As a coach, I would say you're keeping up with the time. So seeing these big men like Porzingis, like the guys that the Bulls have shooting from three, being very comfortable to handle outside is normal now. But as Scott Brooks, the player, what would that be like to have imagined back then that guys now at that size are doing the things that they're doing? Oh, I mean... Back then, it was not a lot of them, and they were called names back then, <laughs> like soft and other things. Uh, now, now they're called stretch fours and stretch fives and shooting fives. And I think the game has changed. Uh, it's, I think it's for the better. It's not as uh, it's basketball. It's free flowing. A lot of good movement. A lot of skilled players on the court. Uh, very rarely did you have. You know, seven, six, six or seven great shooters on the floor at one time. And now you, there's nights that you will have, depending on the teams, if you if play small, we play small, you can have five skilled guys that all can shoot threes. Are you saying you couldn't imagine Kevin Willis shooting three-pointers? No. Or Rick Mahorn. <laughs> oh, Lambeer did. He's one of the few guys. He wasn't soft. <laughs> he was called other names. Yeah, he was. <laughs> All right, there's Scott Brooks. Uh, I like the line about, you know, they, they called those types of guys uh, certain kind of names. And if you heard, that was Todd Dibas jumping in there with the uh, joke about Lambeer. He was called different types of names. But, yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, I, I remember lankier bigs. I mean, Ralph Sampson was the one that, that sort of came to mind early on because back then, this is obviously early 80s, he was, you know, the, the best player in college basketball for several years, the number one pick, gets into the NBA, and he never was a physical type big. Now, he was not a, um, a three-point threat. I mean, the game was not, you know, even close to being that type of player, but he was a big who really didn't want to bang. He seemed to want to do more things away from the basket, and that was, you know, uh, frowned upon on some, on some level. Um, you know, I mean, look, his teammate for the Houston Rockets, Akeem Olajuwon, fought, you know, certainly much more of a classic uh, big man. And, you know, then, you know, you had, you know, Moses Malone, obviously, I mean, Jeff Ruland, uh, Rick Mahorn, guy, you know, guys who, who played here. And then even, you know, as the game evolved, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Duncan, you know, typically still guys who 
were hanging out more around the basket. But it, it, it's certainly, you know, I don't know if Kevin, I mean, Kevin Durant wasn't the, the, the first guy, but a guy at Kevin Durant's size, granted, he's certainly not the biggest player. But even at that, with, with his size, the game 20 years ago would have tried to get him to play a little bit more um, inside. But, you know, but, you know, the, the game has changed a lot. But let's just look at the last four years of the Wizards just to show how much of this team has evolved, okay? 2014-15. This was the second-to-last season with Randy Whitman as coach. So this was the... And this was the year... So the Wizards make the playoffs this year. They eventually get to the Eastern Conference semifinals. Uh, lose to the Atlanta Hawks. In... 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 in uh, in six, we you know, had a lot of fun with Paul Pierce that year, but the season, for the most part in the regular season, they started a traditional old school lineup with Nene and Marcin Gortat. And I vividly remember the, the Wizards blogosphere, uh, lighting up Randy Whitman constantly because the Wizards were very far behind the, the times when it came to three point shooting. Uh, that year the Wizards uh, made 6.1 threes and attempted 16.8. Both ranked 27th overall. Now, as I recall thinking at the time, it just didn't make sense for that team to take a lot of threes because you had, I mean, what were you going to do? You had Nene, you had Gortat, you had John Wall not shooting a very high percentage. You just didn't have a lot of guys to to take those kinds of shots, right? Uh, at least among the main players. Otto Porter was was still, was, was becoming getting into his own, but wasn't quite there yet the way he is now in terms of taking threes. So this just was not a team built for that. They did change a little bit in the postseason, of course, when they went with Pierce as the four, right? And they got every lounge outside of Paul Pierce in those playoffs. Uh, but Pierce led that Wizards team that year with 303 three-point attempts in 73 games. Bradley Beal was next with 259 and 63. John Wall, Rasul Butler, and Otto Porter also took at least 100 threes that season. So five players with at least 103 is the most 303. The next season, the last one under Whitman, the Wizards did start to truly embrace uh, a small ball lineup. You had Nene coming off the bench. Paul Pierce was gone, but Jared Dudley took over as the four. And then when they traded for Marquise Morris at the trading deadline, he took over. So Nene only started 11 games that season. Some of that came at center with Gortat out. Whereas Dudley... Uh, Dudley and Morris combined for 62 games. So having that element at the four, particularly with Dudley, had the Wizards raising their attempts. In the 2015-16 season, they made 8.6 threes. That's 2.5 more than they did the year prior, and they ranked 16th. They attempted 24.2. That's nearly eight more a game than the previous year. That ranked 20th. Uh, both years, they, were, they, they shot a pretty high percentage, ninth in the in, 14, 15, 11, in 15, 16. In this season, you had John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, Garrett Temple, Jared Dudley, Ramon Sessions, and Gary Neal all take at least 100 threes. Seven players, up two from the previous year. John Wall took the most, 328. Bradley Beal, 271. So you started to see the change for the Wizards in how many... Uh, threes they uh, would take. Let's just sort of jump ahead since that was the last Whitman, the last year under Whitman. Let's jump ahead to the year under Scott Brooks. This was, by the way, 
partly an idea in talking with Todd Dybus the other day. He sort of mentioned some of these numbers to me, but also I had uh, already talked to Nene about this, and I subsequently asked Brooks about this. So look, let's look to this year. Obviously, the Wizards have played 38 games. All I mean, they've only played 38 games, so not even halfway through the season. Already, five players have at least 100 threes. Bradley Beal, Kelly Oubre, Otto Porter, Jody Meeks, John Wall. Mike Scott's taken 80, Markeith Moore 77, so they'll get there sooner than later. That's seven players who will who will get there over uh, with at least 100 threes, and, and, and possibly uh, some others... Uh, you know, maybe maybe somebody else will get there. Uh, you know, Sadoransky, you know, who knows? I, I, I yeah, Maybe not, but, you know, it's possible. The Wizards right now are taking nine point, I'm sorry, they're making 9.8 threes a game. So from that, from, from the 2014-15 season, that's 3.7 more threes per game the Wizards are making. They're taking 26.5. That is nearly... That's just shy of 10 more per game. Um, what's interesting is those numbers for the Wizards this year, even though they're substantially higher than those other teams, than those the previous seasons, or that previous year, they're only 19th in makes and 21st in attempts. They have been recently, when I say recently, I mean the last, say, 10 games or so, taking a lot more threes per game. They have taken... Um, looking here at the w- w- starting uh, the d- December fifteenth home game against the Clippers, they took thirty one. That game, the next game against the Cl- against Cleveland, thirty three. Against the Pelicans, thirty five. Against the Orlando Magic, uh, thirty. And then skipping down these games against Houston and Chicago, back to back, thirty six. Which uh, you know, it's a huge number against the Rockets. He made eighteen. Which matched the career or the, the the franchise record. Uh, and look, I, and 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 part of that is also the Wizards are embracing more of a small ball look. Back again, back in the day, you had Gortat and Nene playing, where neither one of them is going to take a three. Right? You had at least those two guys on the court. Now, when you go small ball with Marquis Morris or say Mike Scott at the five. You're guaranteed that everybody on the court for the Wizards can take can take that three. You just heard Scott Brooks talk about that a second ago. Um, I, I've now mentioned Nene a couple times. We caught up with him when he was here with the Houston Rockets the other day. Didn't have a, he didn't have a chance to see him play, but I was joking with him and talking to him a little bit there about what he witnesses to have gone from that classic old school look with the Wizards to now the most forward-thinking, three-point shooting team in the league on the Houston Rockets. Before Todd are doing, you know, you have a two big man, that's the way the game kind of used to be. And now you're on this team where, you know, you might be the only guy inside the, inside the three-point arc. How, how much of a, how wild is the change to go from where you were here to, to where you are right now with the style-wise? Well, the, the, the dynamic of the game is changing, you know. It's a fast, it's more like a quick shots. You know, so you don't have time to to play in a post or to slow down the game. You're, you know, and uh, here, of course, we we had uh, like a good uh, chemistry between two bigs. You know, who could do like a post, who could do a screen, could run. 
but the game's changed, you know. Now we stretch four, stretch whatever, you know, all those things. They try to shoot more threes, they try to open up more the space on the court. So it's, it's different time. Different time. You guys are obviously, you're part of the team, you guys are winning, the game is going this way, but do you, do, you, well, do you like the evolution of the game in general, the way it's kind of going away from the style that you... You, you know, I'm going to tell you, if I like, I'm going to tell you, you know, you got to adapt. You got to adapt to the new situation, to the new style, because, like I said before, you, you could have the post players, now you don't... You don't use much as well those post players. Now it's a screen roll, you know, quick decision, you know, open up space, shoot the threes. So it's a different style. Smart play, they adapt in a day. Proceed. And uh, players who can adapt, you know, they are. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Almost, almost. Because basketball and life. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Thanks. I'm sorry, we'll get to see you against the Gortat out there. I thought for sure. Adapt or die. That is key, kids, for, for not just for, for the NBA, but certainly for life as well. But, but by the way, one thing I noticed or note to note, Bradley Beal in 38 games here has attempted 245 three-pointers. In the 14-15 season, Pierce led the Wizards with 303 attempts. Beal that year himself in 63 games took 259. In the 2015 season, in 55 games, he took 271. Last year, uh, a, a pretty healthy year, he went 552. Last year also, Otto Porter took 341. That was second most, which would have been more than either of the previous seasons for any player on the Wizards. So, the Wizards... In the 2017-18 season, they're still overall below average when it comes to firing up threes. They're 13th in, in, in percentage, but in terms of firing up, they're still a little bit behind the times. Now, I, I think one thing um, you can note, obviously, when you have Martin Gortat and Jan Mahimi at center, two guys who are not going to shoot, it's not exactly the same as starting Gortat and Nene, but it kind of ensures that you're going to have at least one player on the court at all times who's not taking a three. That is, except when they go with that smaller lineup. They didn't do that against the Knicks. Uh, Brooks said it was in part because between Cantor, between Porzingis, and I would throw in Kyle O'Quinn, the Knicks always had a big on the court who was you know more of a classic player, and so he wanted a little more size, whereas against Houston and Chicago, he's matching up small for small and uh, taking advantage of it. It will be interesting to see, you know, when the when the Wizards start going a little bit more small ball to force the other team into the, into that. Uh, we, saw, we did see some of that with the Bulls game when Chicago uh, went with Robin Lopez at center after the Wizards had gone small and Brooks stayed with that lineup, but... Uh, you know, it, it, it'll be very interesting to see where where this team goes uh, this year with with it. I mean, I think the small ball lineup is a very effective one. It's a very interesting look. The fact that Marquise Morris is is becoming uh, a more of a force. I wrote today on FanRag Sports about how uh, I, I look at three. I had three takeaways from that game last night, and one of them was that Marquise Morris. Uh, you know, we're, we're starting to see the better version 
of him. And one one point on that is he had 11 rebounds in back-to-back games. The Wizards over the last two seasons are 17-4 and four when he grabs at least nine rebounds. He hadn't hit double digits this year until these last two games. He's hit nine rebounds three times. They've won all three games. Um, I just bring this up. If he can rebound effectively, it allows Burks to stay with that small ball lineup. If he's not, and they're getting beat up on the boards, and obviously you lose the effectiveness because you want to, when you get the ball, you want to, you know, to go small allows you to switch all over the place if you want to. It allows each of your defenders to not feel like they're in a crazy mismatch. It allows you to get the rebound and run rather than, you know, but if you're not getting the rebound, obviously you can't take advantage uh, of sort of the, the, the ultimate attributes of what that small lineup uh, offers. So in, anyway, uh, this is uh, just the, the confluence of events this week that had me rethinking about just where the, how far the Wizards have come and, 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 and to some degree still where they can go. Uh, the, the Knicks, for what it's worth, were last in the NBA in three-point attempts, or are last in, th- in the NBA in three-point attempts. Memphis, the team the Wizards are up against next, they are tied for 19th in threes. Uh, so not exactly killing it. The Wizards are 21st, as I mentioned. Uh, the, the Grizzlies and, are just above the Wizards at taking 27 per game. They've got an old-school big man in Mark Asal, but he is now, like a lot of these guys, like a lot of uh, bigs, he's starting to adapt his game to the modern times, taking more threes. On Saturday, the Wizards are playing Milwaukee. Milwaukee is only taking 24 Point seven threes per game. Giannis Antetokounmpo, great player. He's just not that guy uh, when it comes to uh, taking threes. Obviously, he's taking a ton of shots and making a ton of them, but he's not a guy that's typically going to go outside. Speaking of Giannis, uh, we'll say that the NBA released its first batch of fan votes for the 2018 All-Star Game, and... Giannis is the leader right now in fan votes, which I think is a little surprising, right? When you consider LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, but Giannis is the lead, 863,416 votes, just edging out uh, LeBron. If As far as the Wizards go, John Wall is fifth among guards, 175,000. That's about 80,000 or so behind number two, DeMar DeRozan among the guards. Bradley Beal is ninth with 71,000. The fan vote is only part of the voting, of course. Uh, you've got a fans count for 50% of the vote. Current players and media will count for 25% each. And then, of course, we're only talking about the starters. The coaches will then vote on the reserves. And then, of course, this year, we've got the All-Star Game format where it's not East versus West, but there's going to be a, a player vote. So I believe, uh, I believe right now, Giannis and Kevin Durant would be the the, the, the captains. Uh, I, look, I, 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 Wall being fifth, Beal being ninth, you know, we can argue about that they should be higher. And obviously, in some respect, they should be. First of all, uh Bradley Beal is behind Dwayne Wade and Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas has played one game. He's he's uh, 16,000 votes behind him. Wall is behind Kyrie Irving, DeMar DeRozan, Victor Oladipo, Ben Simmons. Uh, by the way, Kyrie Irving has more votes than DeRozan, Oladipo, and Simmons combined. 802,000 DeRozan second, 259. 
that is just some crazy uh, difference there. But, um, you know, if if we're, you know, if we're looking at five guards and just looking here, I don't know, I just looking at the names here on this list, Kyrie's going to make it, DeRozan's going to make it. I have no issue. Nobody should have an issue with the old depot making it based on what he's done. And then I guess it does become a little bit, I guess it is a little bit more, a little dicier per se for Wall and Beal to both get in there. I mean, Kyle Lowry's in the mix and you, and the, the, um, the, the, the Raptors are, you know, right there at the top of the Eastern Conference. And then you've got Ben Simmons, who's been you know, obviously having a tremendous rookie year. For the Sixers, so if those are the, of those are the names involved, then, you know, there could be six guards, uh, to come out of it, but because the way they're doing it again, they're voting, it's going to be ultimately 12 players in the East, 12 from the West, but then they will draft and do whatever. So we don't quite know how the, how the positional breakdown, but even if there's six guards from the East, there's essentially, you know, for counting, you know, all these guys, that's seven guys. For six spots, assuming there are six spots. So, gonna be interesting to see Bradley Beal, of course, reigning Eastern Conference Player of the Week. John Wall, four-time All-Star. They certainly have good cases to make. We've got a little bit ways to go. When to see here? Voting. Uh, let's see here. The All-Star game is February 18th. I don't see the easy one here off the top of my head where the, when the voting will be ending, but, uh, oh, the, the January 8th. January 18th is when the All-Star starters are revealed on the, on the TNT, uh, show. And then the rosters are revealed January 25th. So actually it's not that much more time to vote. You better get in there. If you want these guys in, uh, vote, vote, vote. I mean, certainly Wall could catch DeRozan, but, uh, I don't know about Mr. Beal, but I'm sure he would like your votes regardless. You can go, uh, you know, Go to NBA.com. They've got all the ways you could vote. Certainly if you vote on Twitter, hashtag NBA vote. That is one way to get it done. All right. Let's uh, end it there. Wizards back at it Friday against the Grizzlies. Um, old school big man again, Mark, Marcus All against Martin Gortat, but Marcus All was willing to go outside again. Part of where this game is going. And we just see, just looking into the numbers, how things have changed for the Washington Wizards over the last few years, even if they are still, generally speaking, in the bottom half of the league when it comes to attempts and makes. They've essentially been been there the whole time uh, these, these last four years, but still a dramatic rise from where they were in 2014-15 under Randy Whitman. The game has changed, and we've seen that with the Wizards just in these last few years. All right. Appreciate your time as always. Find all the podcasts on iTunes. Find me on Twitter at Ben Standing, and I will find you back here on the Locked On Wizards podcast for our next episode. And until then, see ya. Neil gets open for three. Dagger. Let's try. Oh, shot. Dagger.